what mysteries wait in the darkness. Who knows what adventure hides under cover of night? Who knows what power lies beneath the mind? Who knows what terrors prowl in the underworld? I do what I do to fight the evil inside me. But a part of it is still there. Hey now everybody, welcome to a special episode of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. I'm going to sit over to Jason Rugard. The sun is shining. Uh, who knows what evil lurks in the heart of men? I think that we have a pretty good idea after watching no, that's, the show. that's wrong. You're supposed to say, but the ice is slippery. I, I, I know. You know what's funny is, I remember when I was a kid watching this movie and he gives him that and the guy's like, wait, wait, how does it go again? And I thought, yeah, this is a lot riding on something. He's been through a traumatic experience and the guy's got to remember, the, remember? Yeah. this Robert Frost poem or some shit. I mean, what is going on over here? Luckily, when he shows up at the dude's door, it's like obvious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he gives him a big fucking mood ring. So, I mean, I think it's... Uh, if you haven't noticed, we're talking about The Shadow. This is the 1994 Alec Baldwin superhero franchise wannabe starter. Uh, didn't necessarily kick off the intended franchise that they were hoping for. But um, I'm I'm a fan of this movie, or I've always been a fan of this movie, but, well, <laughs> where do you stand on this movie, or where did you stand on this movie preview? I like it? this movie. We, uh, I mean... Uh, we used to watch this movie on VHS all the time when I was younger, uh, or a teenager, I should say. Um, and it was fun. We, I, I liked it. I, re- I remember the ending. Um, I liked the little knife guy. Um, and I just thought it was fun. It was a, it's a cheap little, um, Batman kind of knockoff. Um, but it's interesting at least. So it starts off pretty good with that, the whole, uh, weird, uh, I don't know, Asian like desert type thing that he's in the he's, kind of, he's, almost like, he's like a genghis khan almost he's basically something. a he it's, is a it's con weird yeah yeah right i know but he's so he's basically like a, a warlord um and so yeah so he's like a bad guy gets turned good or whatever i don't know it's 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 a, a weird movie but it's uh it's a lot of fun um reminds me of like uh dick tracy and batman like i say it fits in with all those kind of uh older superheroes yeah, that late 80s, early 90s rush to capitalize on the success of Batman. And here, this and, was... And the Phantom, any of that pulp uh, uh, stuff that was that they were trying to do as well. Yeah, and this premiered... Rocketeer. Uh, with this gate, got a, a prime July 1st, July 4th weekend, 1994 release date. And it opened in the second position behind Lion King. Uh, and it really... And also behind... Uh, 
it barely beat Speed, actually, which was in its fourth weekend, which is kind of uh, impressive. Showed what a hit Speed was. But this was a movie that I wanted to see as a kid, but I didn't get a chance to catch it in theaters. I caught this as a blockbuster rental, and I got to say that I found it dull when I was younger. I fell asleep the first time I watched this movie. It wasn't until I caught it on Laserdisc later and then DVD and really started appreciating the value of it that I, I came to it. But I always want to rewatch this movie and then I start watching this movie. And I realize that there's no big action sequence in here outside of the opening and ending sequence. There's no shadow doing shadow shit really in this movie well you're wrong about that there's this one wonderful moment where he where he uh, rides on top of the guy out of the window and do you remember his one his one liner no, what was it <laughs> which is next time you can be on top <laughs> he lands with the guy. it's the only like one liner in the whole fucking movie and i I just think that's the weirdest shit man this movie's almost like it's almost a superhero movie i don't know well, in the way it's written by David Coep, who is a very talented writer, and this is not his best work, in my opinion, but this is a strange situation where Lamont Cranston, the, the Bruce Wayne alter ego, if you will, is actually more competent than the bumbling shadow, who doesn't seem very proficient at what he's doing because he seems to be getting his ass kicked a lot, and he, he winds up in this yeah. water tank, and he, he doesn't seem very good at being the shadow. It's almost like he's... Year well, one not, shadow. He, it's like he didn't finish his training. Like, um, you know, he I mean, when it. the, it, it, I, it, yeah, I guess in some way, right? Because he never mastered the knife, and so, uh, yeah, it just seems like he's not as good as the his, the challenger, right? The the main bad guy that shows up so obviously is better than him. But that's kind of, I don't know, that's not a bad dynamic to have. Like the bad guy is better than the good guy because then the good guy really has to work for it kind of makes it a little more exciting in that sense but yeah he's not you're right he's not very good as the shadow and he's 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 constantly kind of putting himself back together in the back of that taxi cab you know isn't that weird and did you find it odd that when alec baldwin who's good in this movie uh but when he does the the face swap thing or he has the shadow prosthetics on he kind of uh-huh. resembles his brother william baldwin yeah he does it's kind of odd uh, <laughs> He's a little bonier, bonier in the face. Um, but I, I got to say that this movie is a beautiful piece of artistic design from the production design to set design to uh, the costumes even. And everything just looks beautiful. As as deserted as Dick Tracy looked in the streets and in the matte painting worlds that they had, this is full. I mean, you have movement in the entire frame. There, It's bustling with people. I think it's a, a hell of an achievement in a really sparse down visual style from director Russell McCulhey, who did the Highlander movies and uh, most famously Highlander 2, our, one of our favorite <laughs> guys for his commentary on that film. But I, I think that it's as it's almost like it's an invisible touch here, right? It's a studio assignment. This doesn't feel like it necessarily was a labor of love for for Macaulay, like there was maybe for for Tim Burton. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I I agree with you on that sense, but it still has a lot of like that. The opening. It's not an opening scene, but when he revealed as the shadow, right? When we actually get to the shadow part, and there's that that. Uh, little 
sequence on the bridge that looks really cool i thought that was like really imaginative the mm-hmm. way that like the backdrop is and the bridge and it, it seems very um like sin city before sin city you know yeah uh, i'm talking about the robert rodriguez movie of course um it, it, it's very like fake very like i say D- dick tracy looking very pulpy very fake but it's a great atmosphere stylized um yeah so i don't know I, i've always loved the colors and the look of this uh, uh movie but you're right it's very slow in the middle the uh you know the Penelope Ann Miller stuff and, and the Alec Baldwin stuff is weird to me. Like she, and she's just weird in general. I, it's not that I, I don't like her, but she is weird, man. She's a weird person. She's like Sean Young. She has that vibe to me. But she's like mousy weird. Like she's just a very she's a she's an odd person. You know, I think so. I don't really understand that. But I, but then again, I like the idea that like she could read like his mind and he couldn't like you know, get into hers and stuff. And this cast is fantastic in this, you know, I mean, Alec Baldwin, I mentioned Penelope Ann Miller, but he had Peter Boyle as the, the taxi driver. You know, and Ian McKellen was, is Penelope Ann Miller's father, the, the doctor, Tim Curry is playing yep. this mad scientist. Jonathan Winters is in this. It's been so long since I've seen Jonathan Winters. I mean, John Lone is the, the villain. Um, not and, to... and John Lone is the, yeah, the, the Genghis Khan guy. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like every scene there's another person popping up, and that's kind of the um, fun James of the picture. James Hong is in this? Yep, he is at the very beginning there. Um, um, it's It's got a hell of a casting. Uh, director, I love Peter Boyle as his Alfred, if you will, the guy driving him around in that taxi cab. And the the way that they communicate with the tubes through the city, that kind of stuff, <laughs> I, I love that kind of that. stuff. That was cool, yeah, that's a nice touch. But I just wonder how that's a lot of work. Like, who set up all those tubes just to do that? Man, phone call. You already have telephones. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> I think just about thought that. That was so weird, you know? And I'm surprised it wasn't a, like a pigeon or a carrier bird of some sort. Yeah, they do. They, they have telephones in this, right? I'm not crazy. No, they do. Yeah, you're right. They use them a couple times. Uh, but in this movie, I do like that. Well, first of all, what I don't think is successful is I don't think that the relationship between Penelope Ann Miller and Alec Baldwin works. I think what is more Uh, successful, I don't think that their rapid fire, witty kind of uh, double entendre stuff that they're doing. It does not work. Do you know who it works with, though, is when Baldwin Mm -hmm. and John Lone have that that one sequence where they're talking and then he asks them so who did his suit. you wanted them to fall in love. I just think that they were better suited with the rapid well, fire and the mixing the irony and the wit and the John comedy. Lone is way more seductive than Penelope Ann Miller. Like, he's like, come to the dark side, you know? And at one point, you're like, hell yeah, this dude's like suave, man. This dude's slick. <laughs> I love him in this movie as the villain. I mean, he's, yeah, he's fantastic great. in this. He's, he's probably the strongest um, character in... He makes a hell of an impression in the movie. And he's really not... Out, he he wants him to join him. It's not like he's truly out to crush the shadow. He just wants to go on this rampage, and he wants his old buddy to join him. And he can't believe that he would not be interested in this opportunity. Um, and it, I mean, when he arrives at the museum, all of that works splendidly. But right after that, this movie just hits a dull spot for almost forty-five minutes. That does nothing. And then, like I said, we're we're kind of cheated out of a big action sequence in the middle or oh, definitely in the middle. Instead they, they do the whole, like we're building a bomb thing. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are we building they the do, atomic like, detective bond? work? It's weird. We're not, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Building some weird shit. It is basically an atomic bomb, but it is weird, man. And this shadow guy predates Superman and Batman. So you could see why 
producers would rush to get him on the screen and try to capitalize on some of that success. But let me ask you here in terms of ranking. I need you to rank for me from best to worst. And this is obviously very subjective. It's not... None of these are terrible. So well, just give me what you think would be the best out of the I three. I mean, are we talking movies from this time? I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three, okay? All right. All right. So obviously The Shadow, The Rocketeer, and The Phantom. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's pretty hard. But I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, I think this is going to be unpopular. But I'm going to go Rocketeer. I think this is going to be unpopular. I'm going to go The Shadow, and then I'm going to go The Phantom. Okay, I go Rocketeer, The Phantom, The Shadow. Yeah, I think that that's going to be the most popular one. That's what I want to do, but I've seen The Shadow the most out of all, probably all three of those. Like I said, we had it on VHS. I watched it a lot. I just had it on the background. It's a fun movie. I don't it know. plays perfectly in the background, especially the music. Uh, it's great to look at for a few minutes yeah. here and there. It just, and as the a, Phantom, I don't know. I never, I didn't get into The Phantom. Not that I got into this movie. The Rocketeer is fucking great. Great. So good. <laughs> So I mean, it's not it's not even a fair bet here. So but it's really the the Duke out is between this and the Phantom. So um, so yeah, I don't know. I agree. And I think I give the the edge just to the Phantom only. Not that I like it more in terms. I, I like Alec Baldwin more than I like Billy Zane in the Phantom, and I like mm-hmm. the time period and how they portray it more in the Shadow. But there's just more action in the Phantom. There's more Phantom yeah, there doing is. Phantom shit. You know. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think, based on this movie, that Alec Baldwin would have made a good or bad Bruce Wayne? Uh, I don't think he would make a good Batman. I, I agree with you. I just don't. Uh, he's too... Uh, I don't know. What's the, uh, what would I, I want to say be? self-aware. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. That's, I'm thinking the same. Like The way he carries himself is no good for it. It's He's um, too conspicuous. He's not inconspicuous. He has a big head. Yeah. You know? And it shows through in his acting. Yeah, he knows. And there are roles that are good for that, and he's played them. Believe me, I've seen he's a good actor, but Bruce Wayne needs to go in with his head down, you know, still with his head up, but, you know, keeping a low profile, but he's still Bruce Wayne. He's still going to you know, flaunt his stuff, but I don't know, like really like Bale kind of probably did that the best out of all of them. But I mean, Keaton's great too. Well, Keaton nails the neurotic anxiety, you know, kind of just wanted just to just get the fuck out of there and not be around anybody. Whereas I feel like Alec Baldwin wants to be the life of the party. And I feel like that's what I mean. Exactly. He has a big head. So he would, he would always be like, I am Bruce. He would almost accidentally tell people he's Batman. It seems like, you know, whereas with the shadow, at least this character had that kind of like inner turmoil. Um, you know, even if he really, again, I don't think he did a very good job emoting this or, or dealing with it or, but it was at least a part of the story that kind of held him back. You know, I think it's ballsy to start the film with the bad, with him being basically a bad guy. And it's not necessarily an origin yeah. section because it only happens for maybe the first 10 minutes of the movie. And it's, it's a cool 10 minutes. I actually wish that that opening sequence went on longer. I like that idea though. I'm, I like the idea of this movie. So do I. But there's a lot of inconsistencies. Did you notice that he has, when they bring him in the very beginning, they kidnap him from his opium den and they bring him to this monastery where they're going to reprogram him. He has a massive scar on above his eye, like where he's like, almost like he's had brain surgery or something. That's never, he doesn't have it later. It's never addressed. So then I thought, did they do something to his brain to give him this sight? Was he, 
could he always do this? Was he shown how to do this? You know, like, why was he chosen exactly? And how could he do these things? And, you know. Yeah, how did they know that he was able to do that? Yeah. So That's a good question. I don't know how they knew. I think there's a longer cut, right? I have no idea. <laughs> there has to be a longer cut. I mean, I have no idea. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing a longer cut. <laughs> if there's one out there, release the mul- the McCaughey cut. What the hell's <laughs> yeah, can, can we get Russ one? Mc- uh, can, can we get a yeah. double disc of the Schumacher Batman Forever cut? And then uh, Russell McCaughey is... Uh, director's yeah. cut of this speaking of directors this is off topic but did you know that there is a three-hour cut of needful things did you know that no but that's not surprising it was apparently it was a tbs cut or a tnt cut yeah yeah i, I mean who needs another hour on that movie that's for sure i i don't but <laughs> I, that's a great book if anyone is wondering like yeah i haven't read that stephen king book that's a great stephen king book it is a good book. That's he, he nails small town people pretty well in that book. Mm-hmm. In small town life. That's like it's a it's just a, a great book. Like everything's interesting in it. Even as the guy's like kind of discovering this dude's the devil and shit, um, and all these magical weird things are happening. It's, it's just uh, it's a fun book. In a mediocre movie, as far as I've got. And a mediocre movie. They they should remake that. Um, they should make it better. But I don't know. Should they remake The Shadow? I kind of think they should. <laughs> Didn't they? Weren't they going to at some did point? They? I don't think they did. I, I, I've never heard of another Shadow. It, it seems movie. like it. I mean, the spirit was kind of close to when they did that. Oh, Lord. But that was... No. No, 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 no. <laughs> in terms no. of the visual aesthetic, it seemed like what they were trying to go with. You know what I think if they redid this, what they should do it is in the style of something like uh, Sky Captain? Kind of that um, that beautiful the green screen, shit? almost like that film noiry kind of I mean, look. Like Sin City, I don't think they should do it. I think they should do it just like a straight normal movie. Uh, actually, I think they should do it like uh, like a Batman movie, like Dick Tracy, you know, big with real sets, you know, at least the bottom. Uh, Martin Scorsese should direct the Shadow. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it should be a three and a half hour opus. Apple, come on. Oh, wow. I mean, this is... Uh, it got might, it. Can we get Kilmer to play the shadow? He doesn't even have to talk. We can just use his voiceover and everything. Oh, God. It could be his big return to screen. And really, uh, you know, we were talking about the, the Bruce Wayne connection here, and Baldwin is definitely more Kilmer than Keaton, as far as I'm concerned, uh, with the two. Yeah. But at least, I mean, Kilmer is at least still uh, subdued. <laughs> I feel like Alec Baldwin's just not subdued at all. I don't know. Now, you know Sam Raimi was originally attached to this property. Did you do any reading about how uh, he came and left this? No, just that they had no interest. This was one. This was a movie, I guess, that they had a hard hard time nailing, um, at least the studio, um, for whatever they want. I don't know what the hell they were looking for exactly. I guess this was it. Um, So I don't know what the Sam Raimi stuff was, but it would have been um, a lot more interesting than this. That's for sure. It would have been more dynamic. Tell you that much. Well, the original incarnation was going to be Robert Zemeckis back in '84, and then he left the project right. to focus on Back to the Future. And then Sam Raimi steps in and can't get his version off the ground. Eventually, ditches the project, and then does Dark Man, which you can see the yeah. obvious similarity in terms of the costume, even right. Oh yeah, for Dark Man, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Raimi would be a little. T- I don't know how. I don't know. 
obviously he did Spider-Man, toned it way back from what would normally be, uh, you know, Raimi's zaniness. Um, so I don't know. Would that have fit with the shadow? I guess kind of it would have. As Spider-Man 2 has more of that Raimi zany. I mean, oh, by far. The Doc Ock operation scene is, is classic Raimi in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, but do you think that with him stepping aside from this, that it was... Uh, I mean, do you think it would have had a better chance of being a franchise is what I'm trying to ask here ultimately? Because I don't think his involvement well, would Dark have Man made it any better. Did, obviously became a franchise, but I, I mean, did it? Kind of. You know, I don't know. Would would uh, I mean, if that was the fate of the Shadow franchise, you know, was the same as the Dark Man? Then I don't. Does it matter? I mean, in that era when MGM Universal or uh, MGCA Universal was doing all of those directed DVD knockoffs, I'm sure they would have done a Shadow knockoff if it wasn't a period piece and they had to spend all that money, you know, turning it into that. If it was modernized like Dark Man, if it was set, you know, in the modern times, it would have definitely been spun off. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing: the, these movies made the same amount of money, right, at the box office. Dark Man and, and this, they made the same amount of money. So I think hopes were way higher for this, though, in that it was a prime summer release uh, well, date. Well, Dark Man was like a tenth of the price, right? Yeah. Well, not a tenth, but it was less than half, for damn sure. Like also original they made that property. movie for for super cheap, um, and this was expensive. This like barely broke even. Um, uh, at, you know, budget to box office dollars I, you know, obviously didn't really break even at the end of the day. But so, uh, so Dark Man made money. This did not make money, but they made the same amount of box office. So they sold the same amount of tickets. So I would say no. I don't think Sam Raimi could have saved this movie, um, not unless they made it for you know ten million dollars. I just this was always I, I always wonder why this wasn't a bigger hit at the box office because it has. Even the trailers, you know, we heard a little bit at the beginning of this episode, they're compelling trailers. I mean, they, they play well, but I don't think people knew who the fuck the shadow. I mean, I didn't know who the shadow was. Oh, for sure. They didn't know. And it was also, as you said, it, this is really slow in the middle. Yeah, it really is. It's meant that for home video. That should be the fun time. And it's not like they do a good job setting up the city. As we've already said, the, the visuals are great. You know, I do. I can enjoy like the the pneumatic uh, things, as you said, where they send the notes through the that goes through the city and stuff. All that stuff's great, and that's all a wonderful setup and and great world building that happens here. But then it just stops, and then he's just having dinner with Jonathan Winters several times, and you know, Penelope Ann Miller is kind of like you know, wandering in like. I think things and I can read his mind. Oh no! Let me, he's like, he's like, mm, why am I so attracted to her? That's the fucking middle of this movie. No, this is it's how ridiculous. Scene-wise, it's got that beautiful opening action sequence. Then he goes to the nightclub to meet his uncle for dinner. Then he leaves that to go have dinner with this girl. Then he leaves that to go pass out with a cocktail in his hand. And it's like, <laughs> this guy does, it's just fucking eating and drinking. That's all I've watched the last 25 minutes. It's when you realize what you're really watching and where the story yeah. is taking you, it's very little that they're giving you here. And the world seems so ripe in the idea. I love when they're doing the, you know, the building that can't be seen by the normal person, yeah. even though they, they act like if if you didn't you couldn't walk into it still you know I, I guess physical matter doesn't exist because the mind's eye can't see it. Well, I don't understand how he didn't realize that right at the beginning. Yeah, that's a strange plot hole that they never Isn't addressed. Isn't that weird that he doesn't he doesn't realize that until he showed it? 
It's like, dude, like I knew that everyone should know that because the movie set that the fuck up. But I do love like, that effect and that idea that it's there in plain yeah. sight. No one can see it. I mean, it's, it's matrixy before the matrix, if you will. Um, and right, well, yeah. nothing, you know, nothing wrong on any of the technical elements uh, and, and really nothing wrong with the movie. Just for me, a bit of a letdown to go back and watch this, particularly because I had the action figures when I was a kid. I remember when these <laughs> things came out. These were like cheap action figures. Uh. Um, I got these as a gift for some fucking reason. I don't remember how or why, but I ended up with like a, a, the, well, the, the shadow who draws. Maybe the guy. He like, you, don't need, you, you don't need to know the shadow knows. <laughs> right. I wonder if they're still around somewhere. Uh, also, there was supposed to be a, a Super Nintendo. I game. I was going to say the Super Nintendo game. It never happened. I, well, I, I don't uh, well it was it, done. I, I think you can probably find get it. There were toys for this also that had nothing to do with the movies. There was like Shadow Ninja for some reason. There was like a ninja. I, I kind of remember that. Do you recall that? He had like a car yeah. that he was chasing people in and shit. Yeah. This was playing on, on after huh. school cartoons, obviously. Is how I recall this. They were just trying to make money, honestly. It, this is just... This is just... Hollywood loves trends, right? That's why, that's why this movie exists. <laughs> that's why a lot of movies exist. This is the superhero era before pre... Post-Batman, yeah, pre-Spider-Man. Yeah, whatever they can make, yeah. I mean, that was a weird error. They were throwing everything against the wall. Uh, not as successful. I mean, where does Blank Man rank on your uh, list of superhero <laughs> <Blank> movies? <laughs> uh, right, right around, I don't know, Blank Man. It's been forever, and I have to actually have to watch that now. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years either. I know. I'm going to have to watch that now. I was thinking of, like, Orgasmo. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> Same kind of idea, but I mean, even so, it's just another superhero thing that they threw against the wall before. Um, I mean, when did it burn out? I, I'd say '97 with Batman and Robin. I think was kind of the feeling of oh, when it sure, ended. Yeah, because because then you had the Matrix, and that was definitely it for that. Right. Yeah, because I mean, that was when things yeah. were getting canceled. Like the Superman Lives with Nicolas Cage was, I think, '98 was getting canceled. Um. Yeah, because they were just ridiculous. The trend was over. They thought, well, they just made a bunch of shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, they just had to. They get, ended. They ended their own trend. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Marvel and uh, old school radio trend. Um, I mean, I don't know because I, I, you still had Blade right throughout all that time. Um, that's true. That's ninety eight. So you always had, and you had X Men. So you, you had movies, um, comic book movies throughout that time, but they weren't. Uh, front and center like they well not that they weren't you know what I mean like as a trend they weren't front and center it was the matrix yeah, it was it, that it, shit they weren't was front and cultural center. moments any longer no they kind of I mean they kind of were but yeah not in the same way I don't know how to explain that that's, that's kind of weird you had to fucking be there I know exactly what you're talking about you really about. did yeah I know it's it's like trying to explain what Batmania was to somebody who didn't live through the summer of 89 and see that bat logo on everything including cereal yeah, but hats. it wasn't like that at all you know but i mean that's like a that's what i mean that's kind of i guess what, what we're trying to say here is that there were like that was like holy shit man nothing even and, came and that close to and that it. batman thing oh my god i think maybe the closest thing after that was dick tracy maybe i don't even think so i mean nah yeah, it's probably Batman Returns was the next closest thing, to be honest. I mean, not unless you're talking about like just straight um, 
you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or like He-Man or something would be what I would think if we're talking like a certain age groups and stuff would be as big as Batman. But even then, like, I don't know, man, that, that Batman shit was big, even for me, like personally, you know? Oh like, yeah. Well, I, mean, I remember the commercials just think, fuck yeah. And like the Batwing was badass and the Batmobiles, everything was just unbelievable. And just to bring it back to the shadow, the shadow had none of that. Nothing, nothing marketable. <laughs> he just had the shadow nose, which is something we used to say uh, at my house all the time because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> In, Who knows? He had the shadow that nose. Bizarre was, that's cackle as well, yeah. which makes him sound like the Joker. If anything, I I don't know. Yeah, and I, I didn't like his. You mentioned the prosthetics and stuff. Like he wears like this handkerchief thing over him. He looks like you know, it looks like Curly from. Uh, City slickers or something. It's just it's weird. It's like a bandit type look, like a bank robber almost. Yeah, like a bandolero. yeah. It's he looks like a cowboy. It's weird. Not a favorite of that, and not a, also when his face gets elongated like that, and they put on those prosthetics, he <laughs> vaguely looks like a Dick Wait. Tracy villain. I, I know that's why I keep saying the Dick Tracy thing, but doesn't doesn't that now that you say that, and now that we've talked about it a little bit, doesn't that feel very Raimi esque? Yeah creature people uh i mean the jaw elongating on Were bruce campbell about the extension of this on, yeah, right? Darkness. yeah think about that yeah yeah people's face uh, doing weird things and losing their facial features and becoming like a acidy you know lsd type version of themselves uh, it does feel like sam raimi now that you say that and raimi was involved in a lot of these universal projects at that time uh, either behind the scene i mean like those van damme movies we talked about uh, we talked about him being executive producer on time cop yeah. It's just, it's very weird. And he was doing a lot of things with Hercules over there uh, that he was just so involved at Universal, but his output through Universal was, was not great. He, he didn't have that many movies he released through them, unless I'm totally goofing on this, but I can't think of anything outside of Darkman. What else did he release through Universal in that period? Um, didn't, um, Spider-Man's Columbia. Uh, what am I thinking of? Love of the um, Game was, was Universal. That's 99. Yeah, was The Gifts Universal? Uh, I thought that was, uh, I thought that I was Paramount. Of, a Simple Plan I was Paramount. Yeah, no, this is Paramount. Yeah, so I don't know what his output really was in that time period. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, strange how he got wrapped up in this. But uh, overall, I... I I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little down on the shadow. Actually, having looked at this, I think that if I had left this on the shelf, and I didn't pull this off and, and revisit this one, I think I, my memories of it might be a little fonder than it is now. How did you rewatch it this time? Did you get it off the shelf? What'd you do? I uh, no, I don't own this. I just watched it on YouTube. Oh, so I saw, you know, whatever the high def version of it, which looked really nice. I have the Blu-ray, the Shout Factory Blu-ray. Oh, nice. looks beautiful. It's got a nice presentation on the packaging. You can flip the cover mm-hmm. to do this poster or that poster. But the special features are a little skimpy. I got to say, I mean, the behind-the-scenes making of is about a 20-minute documentary. I thought it would be a little bit more <laughs> substantial. I mean, I've been wait- I bought it a couple years back, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to pull it out. This presented itself, and having done so not only was i fairly disappointed at the movie the fucking special features i thought were going to be a little bit better too wow (laughs) and what's interesting is in the special features everybody is praising the script the script the script and i thought this might have been the weakest point of the fucking movie is the script 
I don't, well, I, I mean, I disagree with that. I think the premise of the setup, who the character is and all that, I think the script is fine to a point. It's that middle part. I mean, someone needed to say, hey, this isn't done. <laughs> this is what needed to happen. I, mean, I don't, I like, I like the bad guy. I like a lot of the dialogue. I like, um, I don't mind the, the bomb stuff. But it needs to be condensed and there needs to be other things happening. Like he needs to be doing more action in when he tracks this stuff down, um, fighting more people, you know, I don't know, something other than worrying about dating Penelope Ann Miller. And she needs to be recast. A hundred percent. She needs to be recast. Um, and I would probably be a lot happier with this movie. I'd be fine with that because um, I, I like the premise. Like I like the setup. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't mind the ending. But like you say, we need something. We need some meat in the middle. It's too talky for a picture like this. And I know that Batman doesn't exactly fly yeah. by the first Batman, but he is punctuated by doing shit. And there is a midpoint confrontation by him and the Joker at the art museum in Batman. Whereas in this film, it's like this jokey, can I get a bourbon? I'll pay you for that. How does this guy know what bourbon is? How does he know what currency is? It's, it's just, there's so much shit that doesn't make sense in it. Yeah, yeah. He's learned. Um, but it's this, you know, and there's moments here where it, you're, you're wondering, are we supposed to take this serious? Because they're almost have like a horror element in a couple points, and then it's comedic. Mm-hmm. It's just totally all over the fucking place. Where if we're talking about Burton's movie, that felt so confident in comparison. Yeah. They need I mean, a I don't know. strong I, producer I, I, here to say, get somebody fighting here. They need like a Joel Silver, like, hey, there's too much time's gone by. Get well, someone to kick ass for a few minutes. They had a they had an overpowered villain, right, who knew where knew who and where he was and was just fucking with him and the the shadow, even in his shadow form, was uh, was no match for him, was unable to take out the Tim Curry fucking guy. I know. Um, when he had him was trapped in the Fumbling water thing. Fuck. I mean, so they really kind of, uh, I don't know, they, they didn't really set him up to uh, have a very interesting film, you know, for, as far as that character goes. I don't know. Everything else I felt was pretty strong. Like I said, recast Melby on Miller. The, the bad guy is great. Um, but the, why is the shadow so weak? I need more Jonathan have to Winters be that as well. Could we, could we beef I would up love his to role? have some more Jonathan Winters in this. I miss Jonathan Winters. I had no idea how much, but yes, I, I want more Jonathan Winters um, in, uh, in all movies from the 90s. He should be in everything. Why wasn't he? Also, love the cheesy effect, easy lighting effect of Alec Baldwin, you know, leaning back into that shadowed light where his eyes start, you know, he gets that beautiful eye light. The glow. Yeah. Yes. And then he can start reading it. minds. You're like, stop it's it. It's like... Dude, it's like he's a vampire, I swear to God. Oh, you're right. It kind of does have a vampire. It's just like he's a vampire. Especially because a creature of the night. His uncle doesn't know where he goes for long periods. It's almost yeah. insinuated, I thought. Like, is he asking him if he's got like a, you know, if he's not necessarily interested in hanging out and having a family? You know, is he asking about his personal life here? And then then he makes like, yeah. well, you're not even, you're, you're, you're dead if you don't notice her. And I thought, what the fuck is he, what's he going on about here? What's the uncle happening about? But it is a, a cute sequence where he gets him to then, you know, lay off the shadow and that's how he's operating mm-hmm. in the city. And the movie has like all these interesting little play pieces and it doesn't coalesce into this beautiful 
story it just kind of exists <laughs> I know. In, in its form here like you said it, i, I need another pass i don't think it was done it's kind of half-baked right it, yeah that's the way i feel about it. I, it is a good script i think it's a it's a it's a it's a good script good but it's not finished i don't feel like it's done you know like that needed someone to come in and just punch it the fuck up this is obviously yeah. in the era of Baldwin at his, uh, not only his physical prime, he, he looks fucking fantastic in this movie from a, uh, you know, it's a handsome guy. Although I, I th- always have said, if you're gonna have a shirtless scene, Alec, can we get to the gym and maybe shave the chest? <laughs> I mean, my God, he's got, you can't tell if he's taking off a sweater that's or not, not. That's not how it was back then. Oh, he's definitely a period friendly guy then. <laughs> he's drinking milk, eating steaks and not shaving any body hair. But, yep. um, but you know, he's, he's great looking in this and in the movie is, is fun to look at. It's just what, what could have been, what could this have been is um, interesting because I think that with a stronger producer behind it, instead of Martin Bergman, who was known for Scarface, and the only reason Penelope Ann Miller is in this is because he had cast her in Carlito's Way, and he had just worked with her, so fucking mm-hmm. throw her into this. But if you had a Joel Silver or a John Peters, it might have been for oh, the yeah. worse, but it also would have been a lot uh, faster than this. No, they would have just said, I mean, there would be crazy requirements at that point. It would be like more action here, more this there, you know, just like simple, stupid, like do this, do that instead of like, Oh, this is, this is wonderful. <laughs> I don't think they would have let Baldwin take it over too. And I have a suspicion. That's what I was saying. I, you know, he's in his physical yeah. prime here, but he's also at the height of his movie stardom. And I, he was mm-hmm. a notorious, he still is you know, with the legal stuff, but he was a notorious pain in the ass at this time on movie sets. So I can only imagine what he was making the production go through, his demands, his ego, coupled with McCulley, who's notorious for being fucking bizarre on sets, you know, and yeah. So who weird, weird ego shit there too. Yeah. So who knows what <laughs> who was wins? really going on? And, and if they just threw something yeah. together and say, we, we have a release. Maybe they got day. along, you know, for all we know. Yeah, I mean, I never heard anything on the, the behind the scenes didn't seem like they were the problem with each other, but um, also has the feeling of something that was taken from somebody cut and released, right? Like they had a release, they had a release date before they started Yeah, it doesn't filming. feel like it. Yeah, it doesn't flow very well. I mean, I, you basically said that as such earlier and I agree. Yeah, it doesn't, it has a, it almost has no flow actually, really. It's just like this and then that and then this, and then that, and then we talk about some stuff that happened, and we'll talk about some stuff we want to have happen, and then this will happen, and that'll happen, and then that stuff might happen. <laughs> it's a real, like, uh, it's a disjointed flow, but because like the, of the way that the, the film is, especially in the 90s and stuff, and the score and everything, it, it I don't know, it's like taped together, you know? Like, you know? It's watchable. Yeah. Like everything else I mean, from this era, it's absolutely watchable, 100%. That's right. If you can't solve it, dissolve it, no, right? It's like, always. It, it, like there's not, there's no flow, but you can make flow. You know, <laughs> we can get an editor in here <laughs> and uh, we can make some stuff together. Happen. That's, that's that's really how it feels. Like, definitely, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would have read. I don't think I would read a lot of scripts that get made and, and be like, oh, this is ready to be made. So I don't. I guess not surprising that the stuff happens, but I do want to give a little bit of credit though for the special effects that hold up for the most part. I think that they uh, yeah. look pretty damn good still, even with the Blu-ray that I was watching it on. I mean, there's some grain issues before, you know, some here and there with with the special effects, but for the most part, the dagger is still very, very impressive. The the, da- the dagger <laughs> that comes alive. 
it's fine. It's almost uh, supposed to look kind of hokey in a way, you know? Yeah, I think that was some of the idea too, right? Because it's an that's old cereal. Little, that's a little Raimi looking too. Maybe that's just the time period, you know? I don't know. But it helps that I think that this is also not set in the 90s. You know, it helps quite a bit that it's set, uh, you know, a long time ago in perhaps an alternate pulpy universe. Yeah, it would have, if this was, yeah, mind reading superhero in the 90s, get the fuck out of here. I mean, that barely works <laughs> oh, in the no. 30s. Oh, please. What women want. They did it perfectly. Oh, you're right. That's actually a good movie. I can't, I can't hate on that. Uh, and this is the Mel Gibson one we're talking about, of course. I do think that the superior movie of 1994 that Alec Baldwin starred in, also a universal release, is The Getaway. And I know a lot of people shit on that movie because mm-hmm. they love the Peckinbaugh, Steve McQueen version. Well, the original's amazing. I didn't grow up. I saw that after I saw the original Getaway. And uh-huh. it, I, when I saw The Getaway, it, it blew me away. It was so brutal and so unforgiving. Which one are we the talking Alec about? Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger one. Okay. And so then I went back years later uh, when we were in school uh-huh. together and I caught the, the Getaway, the Steve McQueen one on video. And I, I caught the plot points mm-hmm. that he'd done. And I, I'm not the biggest McQueen fan, so I didn't love it as much. Although when he slaps Ally McGraw in that scene, he's beating the shit yeah. out of her, like really beating the shit out of his wife in that movie. That was something that when I, that was uh, eye opening that, or I don't know what the hell you would call that. It was shocking. That was shocking. Mm-hmm. But that movie, I mean, the, getting off a tangent on the getaway, but that story has to me always been marred by that subplot in the, in the newer version with Baldwin, with Michael Madsen and Jennifer Tilly uh, with the rape and the the hostage and the sub- dominant mm-hmm. and the submissive person and all that stuff. So that always, to me, bogs down that story, whatever incarnation it is. But the whole concept of the girl who sleeps with the villain to get the guy out of prison, did she do it for him? Did she do it because she liked it? That's such a juicy concept. I, I love that. And so um, I've always been a big fan of that. And I've always thought, I wonder if the getaway was the one that he really wanted to do. And he did this to get that bankroll, you know, one for them, one for me idea. I mean, maybe because that the original was even at the the point of this remake um, was looked back on fondly, you know, and something that I saw before I saw the remake. um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, I think, considered art. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know like a real piece like that's real film you know even at that time anyways it's it's still was i think and i don't know what it's considered today but baldwin was married to basinger at this time i think sure. she would have been fantastic i would rather have her in I this was, movie yep but it would have <laughs> been just gonna say that too. it would have been too on the nose with the batman comparison i uh I know, I know it would have been. I mean, I, I, would, I almost said that earlier, but it, 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 it yeah, it's already too late, right, to cast her in this. And I think, like you said, Penelope Ann Miller has uh, an edge here of I don't want to be bothered in this whole movie. She looks like... She, she has weird energy, but yeah, you're right. She's like, mouse, she's like a mousy librarian, weird person who just doesn't seem like... She doesn't seem like she would fall in love with anyone. She doesn't have a sexual energy about it. No, she has none. She's asexual. She's weird. Yeah, I agree. A weird person. Or I don't want to say a weird person. I don't know what she's like in real life. But on the screen, she has a weird presence, yes. Yeah, and I felt that way with the majority of the films I've seen her in. And even in Carlito's way, I think that she does solid work, but I think that somebody else would have been better served in that role. Yeah, she's not, I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's not a bad actress, but I just, it's weird to have her in like, 
like the the babe role of like you know who who would be what like Madonna yeah, or bombshell. like I actually say Basinger yeah Sharon it's, it's Stone. weird to have her in that role I just think it is yeah they could have done a I mean even a young Halle Berry who was in the Flintstones this year uh, you know when this movie Ooh. came out would have been fantastic that would have actually have been awesome yeah she'd been fantastic in that I was thinking about that when I was watching this. I'm glad we went back and uh, looked at this because, like I said, I needed a reason to justify that Blu-ray purchase that I made a couple years ago. So uh, thank you for indulging me on this one. But it sounds like you actually enjoyed this one more than I did, and I suggested looking at this. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> take, take that. <laughs> there you go for that, right? <laughs> um, and this is, continues our march through the films of 1994 as we are sitting here in 2024, the new year, and recording this. So that's going to be our retrospectives for the year. We're going to be looking at a slew of films from 30 years ago. Hard to believe that this was uh, 30 years ago. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, some of these titles, Pulp no. Fiction, Forrest Gump, Speed... These aren't movies that are 30 <laughs> years old. What are you talking about? I have these on VHS. They're not that old. <laughs> uh, I, I have, uh, I mean, they feel, when you wade into the, the, the 90s, it feels old, though. Like, I, uh, it's been way too long, my friends, since I have seen you all. You oh, know? yeah. These are all like, ghosts um, that I enjoy. I don't know what's happened in the middle. I don't know where I've been. I feel like I've been in a coma almost. Um <laughs> Because I can't say I have made many more film friends since the 90s, but uh, yeah, it's great to go back. I think I, I forgot how artistic, even technical stuff used to be. Um, and just like how much everyone wanted to put their mark on a film, you know? Yeah, you know, no shit. Like it just from sound design to visual design to yeah. all that. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think the people don't want to make their markers on the film today. I don't think they're allowed to. Good point. Yeah, I think that crafts, craftsmen have become um, just laborers now. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Well, almost a lot of the stuff is almost, I, yeah, it's not even like calling people craftsmen where it's like uh, people putting together IKEA furniture at this point. It's just, wow, you know, come on. And we talked about other movies that we had watched recently from this era in the lighting and how much different that is from something that you watch now that can is all digital and can be fixed after the fact i mean this is film yes there was some sort of correcting they could do but this is so stephen burnham here the dp it just beautifully shot this movie and everybody looks fantastic i mean like we were joking about the highlights they give baldwin but just even the the rim light they give his hair his hair is lit fantastically in that nightclub sequence. I mean, it is fucking yeah. beautiful to see the craftsmanship from the lighting design um, in, in all the categories here, in all the technical categories. And that's, I guess that's what I miss. I, I saw something recently, an action film that's in theaters now, and it's so dull in comparison to this in terms of visual dynamics. It's much more violent oh, yeah. and busy, but visually it's just dull. Yeah, everything's very sharp nowadays. It looks great in that respect, and, and I love it, but you're right. It's dull. It just looks like what – it looks like a facsimile of real life now. And, and I'm like, no, you can't – you know, I, I'm so sick of these people who are like, oh, 24 frames per second is – you know, you got to have the film magic. Turn off the, the uh, you know uh, – Smooth dish, the yeah. Compensation, smooth shit or whatever. And then you look at the movies they watch, and you're like, bro, Really? Like, this is like, this looks like fucking, 
the most amazing handy cam shot this fucking film. That's what it looks like. <laughs> like, get, like, fucking, you know, digital is wonderful. It really is. It's fucking great. It can be perfect. So why don't you make it a little imperfect, you know? I find that films of this era guided my eye. And show me where my attention was supposed to be on the screen, oh, sure. and now well, I don't directed. know where I'm supposed to be looking half um, the time. Yeah, the staging is terrible nowadays. Um, framing, you know, blocking can be yeah, the whole thing. Interesting. <laughs> well, and they can fix uh, so many things after the fact. It just it. Well, everything's shot like TV now, or rather, I should say, there's there's like a there's like a medium that's been found between TV and film, and everything's shot the same now. 100% correct on that, yeah. And I don't like it. No, and things from this era, not to get, you know, on the, not to sound like the two guys in the Muppets that are on the, the cranky fucks that are screaming here. Well, too bad we are. Yeah, we were getting there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's also, there was reason behind shots. I feel like there was a purpose of this is the information we're trying to convey in this shot. It wasn't just because we're trying to cap, we're trying to get the footage and cover it, and we'll figure it out later in the editing, which is what I think 90% of it happens now. Oh, that's definitely what happens now, yeah. yeah. That's going to end Especially our rant, digital. I think, on uh, fucking modern films versus fucking <laughs> 90 films. Yeah. Here's a movie we, we don't particularly like, but it's much better than anything modern. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say anything modern, but a lot Lord. of the shit that I'm seeing, because just of the, the care and the level of thought eh, put into it. I say it. anything. I just mean, like, you know, anything major, major motion picture. Yeah, anything I've seen on Netflix as of late. It's, that's that's sure. the majority of it. 10% of stuff's really great still, so can't hit it all. It is always fun, though, looking back on this, and we will, like I said, continue to look back on films from the year 1994. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugart, and we are the Movie Mavericks.